Chapter Thirteen of the Queen of Appalachia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by R. W. Raptor. The Queen of Appalachia by Joe H. Borders. Chapter Thirteen. Chapter Thirteen A Public Indignation Meeting. A telegram for you, Mrs. Overton, called Miss Arnold from the foot of the stairs. Miss Arnold was astir early this morning, following her confession of love to the man she had sworn to win. The doors of the post office were just thrown open when she entered, and it was with trembling fingers that she turned the key in the Overton lockbox. She hoped to reach the office before the departure of the overland stage, but learned to her regret it had gone an hour ago. "'He's gone,' was her mental comment, slowly retracing her steps. In the packet of letters she discovered the telegram, which had been mailed from the nearest telegraph office some twenty miles away. The sight of this strange envelope quickened her walk. It seemed to burn her fingers and she was nearly out of breath when she called to Mrs. Overton. The widow was yet in bed when May's startling information reached her, and not stopping to dress, she came rushing downstairs in her sleeping costume, excitement clearly shown in her looks and movements. It is a remarkable fact that a telegram in the possession of one not accustomed to handling it unnerves the recipient. It deprives one of power to speak, and an unaccountable weakness pervades one's body as though paralysed. Mrs. Overton was pale and frightened as she accepted the little message. She handled it with as much caution as if the envelope contained explosives instead of a harmless sheet of paper. She turned it over and over, apparently without strength to break the seal. Gazing at it in utter helplessness, her mind pictured all the ills imaginable. That it was a summons to the bedside of some dying relative she was positive, and her heart was throbbing so madly that she could feel its rapid strokes, while her thoughts flew through space until they had circumnavigated the globe, stopping momentarily at every point inhabited by a friend or relative. "'Why don't you open it?' inquired Miss Arnold, after a hasty glance at her own two letters. It may be important. Thus stirred into action, the seal was broken, and with quivering lips she read aloud the brief message. Father is seriously ill. Come at once. Instead of going into hysterics as Miss Arnold expected, the panic-stricken widow immediately regained her tranquillity. In place of sorrow and tears, a sigh as of relief escaped her. "'You will go?' said Miss Arnold. "'I suppose I must, but how will we arrange it?' "'Easily enough,' was the reply. "'My interest in Princeton has vanished with the disappearance of your Mr. Paul, and we will both go.' "'There is no conveyance before tomorrow, so we will have the day in which to prepare.' accepting the proposal of her guest without comment. I will 
go with you as far as a crossroads where we take opposite directions and then for home while you i'm awfully sorry for you mrs overton thank you may it will be a sad homecoming for me but my dear no sadder than my last home leaving tears the first now filled her eyes and she went into an adjoining room all is not gold that glitters murmured miss arnold looking after the retreating figure i would never have guessed that a skeleton was in her closet ah well she sighed nobody escapes trouble in this world they denied themselves to all callers throughout the day and there seemed to be an unusual clatter at the doorbell had some of those seeking admission on that fatal day gained an entrance mrs overton would have imparted information giving the wild rumours afloat a death-blow unfortunately for a guest as well as for mr thornton damaging rumours now on every tongue did not reach her and the fact that the doors of her house were closed was accepted to mean but one thing mrs overton had discovered the truth and was so overwhelmed with the conspicuous part she had played in the matter that she had shut herself up and refused to see any one late that afternoon she appeared on the street in search of the stage driver desiring to make arrangements for tomorrow's stage she attracted unusual attention not only because she had sheltered a virtuous woman but because she had introduced the haughty brazen thing into their homes as one woman put it the innocent victim of these unlimited expressions of denunciation and abuse gave additional credence to the flying reports by the grave face and sad countenance so unnatural to her she passed along the street with no smiles nor courtesies which formerly characterized her appearance among her acquaintances but the crowning act in the sensational farce the engagement for passage out of town created a scene that the beggar's description when the news of the intended departure of mrs overton and her guests spread throughout the town following so closely the sudden disappearance of thornton the excitement among the people was indescribable the great scandal was a topic in every home and the reports had grown with such rapidity that the circumstantial evidence of yesterday became an absolute certainty to-day the charge of yesterday that thornton and miss arnold had met in the mountains was to-day a crime of such magnitude that scores of well-known and respectable citizens were ready to hang the victims an impromptu meeting was held later in the evening to discuss the affair someone suggested that the two women be given a coat of tar and feathers before they left this suggestion brought the minister to his feet who counselled the people to do nothing rash quit ye like men he exclaimed what is the cause of all this excitement what proofs have we of the grave charges against these people two of whom heretofore enjoyed our full confidence and love look back at the life of paul thornton you will all agree that he was a model young man and previous to this there was not a blot on his good name mark my words friends that boy is not guilty of the charges against him let us not condemn him until there is tangible proof of his guilt we can easily do two things in our haste and excitement which you afterwards regret 
Let us quietly leave this place and go back to our homes. Following these timely remarks came an outburst of applause. The mob was sobered by the well-chosen words and manifested its approval of the suggestions by quickly dispersing. End of chapter 13